welcome to the Dunkle Index podcast for this Tuesday, March 30th edition. I'm Ben, and here with me as always is my dad, Bob Dunkel. Hey, Ben. Well, the Elite Eight started off in a good fashion for the index last night. It was good to see Oregon State. Sorry to see the Beads leave. Um, they had a chance to become the first 12th seed ever to make the Final Four. We've had, I think, four 11 seeds get there, including George Mason. Remember that run by Mason back in 2006? Mm-hmm. But no 12 seed. They came back from 17 down at half, made it close, uh, but they go down. It was a good win for the index. And then we covered with uh, Baylor in the second game. So we had a good night in the Elite Eight. Not so good night in the NBA, though. Um, I think maybe it's time to stop investing in teams that might be making a turnaround like Boston and Indiana. I, I'm kind of reminded of the old Dennis Green line. They are who we thought they were. I mean, it's just, I cannot figure those Celtics out. Uh, bad loss last night to New Orleans. And Indiana plays against a Beal-less Wizards team and gives up over 130. So go figure on that one. So Bad night on the NBA, good night in college, and I think you delivered on the prop. Um, great call there on Giannis, even though the Bucks got blown out. Mm-hmm. Yep, now we were in agreement on that one, Giannis, but they lose, so that worked out. That worked out well. So overall, we start off the week on the winning side of the ledger. Um, let's see if we can tighten it up a little on the NBA side tonight and still deliver some winners on the college front. How's that sound? All right. Yes, I like it. Let's jump right into it. And we'll get started with uh, some former Doc Rivers places. We've got Orlando at the Clippers. Magic 15 and 31 overall. Clippers 32 and 16. Line here, Clippers by 11 and a half at home. What do you think about this one? Yeah, the doctor's not in on either of these teams anymore. That's for sure. But yeah, these are former Doc Rivers teams. That's a great call. You know, maybe it's time to start reconsidering investing in the L.A. Clippers. I know I've sworn them off, but PG-13 isn't playing right now, and that doesn't seem to be hurting them at all. Maybe it's even enhancing uh, them. They are on a roll, and unlike Boston and Indiana, which showed signs of maybe coming around and then go right back into their funk, this team is kicking it into gear uh, at the right time. Last night, even without PG-13, he was a late scratch. Boy, I love those NBA late scratches. That seemed to be a common theme every night. Uh, he missed a game with some foot soreness this time. Uh, that's the 12th game he's missed all year. Uh, the Clips thumped Milwaukee 129-105. to 105. We did have that one correct. Um, and Luke Kennard took advantage of the starting role in place of George. He had a season-high 21 points, including one stretch in the fourth quarter where he made four straight threes. As a team, L.A. made uh, 19 three-pointers, which was just one off of their season-high. And they just weren't relying on open looks either. They were getting after it on the boards as well. Clips out-rebounded the Bucs 46-32, and they had 25 second-chance points to Milwaukee's six. And the defense held the highest scoring team in the league at 119.3 points per game to just 105 points. And that included only 17 in the second quarter 
and 19 in the fourth. So nice to see Giannis get his at 32, but clearly the rest of the Bucs were shut down. Uh, during the Clip six-game winning streak, they won every game but one by double digits, and the outlier was beating Atlanta by nine. LA's moved back in front of the Lakers by uh, for fourth, or pardon me, for third now uh, in the West, and they're just a half game behind the Suns for the second spot. So all of a sudden, L.A. is looking like the L.A. that we thought they were. Uh, they need to avoid letting down tonight uh, against a double-digit uh, fave, uh, the, the Orlando Magic, who are officially now in the trust-the-process mode after unloading Vucevic and Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline. Orlando has lost 13 of its last 15, but did show some fight on Sunday uh, while losing to the Lakers by only three, 96-93. But the Magic starting lineup for that game, Chuma Okiki, James Ennis, Kem Birch, Michael Carter-Williams, and Dwayne Bacon. Not exactly uh, an NBA caliber roster right now. Uh, that might be enough to keep it close against the LeBron-less and AD-less Lakers, but not enough against this Clips team, even in the second of back-to-backs. In fact, Clips thrive in the second of back-to-backs. They're 8-0 against the spread in their last eight in that situation. And the Magic, um, not surprising, have not had much success in this matchup. They're 0-5 against the spread in their last five against the Clips. So, Second of back-to-backs, Clips playing very well right now. Whether they've got PG-13 or not doesn't seem to matter. They're getting good play out of guys like Kennard and Terrence Mann. Uh, We're going to take L.A. here to keep the hot streak going, cover that double-digit line, and uh, pick up their seventh straight win in a row. Uh, Clips minus 10.5. Okay. All right, yeah, I'll be watching to see if uh, Terrence Ross plays tonight. Otherwise, I think Dwayne Bacon's probably going to be their go-to scorer again. I think he is. He was their last game against the Lakers. I think he had 26. Ross has missed seven straight games now. So, yeah, I think uh, season's kind of gotten away from him. Um, Yeah, it's the rebuilding mode down in Orlando now. So, sorry, Magic fans. It's going to be a couple rough years. You got to have something built to rebuild. I don't even know if they were there, but yeah, whatever. That's a good point. And, you know, I think they, uh, the Jonathan Isaac injury, too, really set them back. I agree with you. They, they didn't quite get there. But when you unload guys like Vucevic and Gordon, you're clearly starting over. So they may never have gotten to the built stage, but they are starting to, to build again. Yeah. All right, um, let's move on to our second game. We've got Atlanta at Phoenix, Hawks 23 and 23 overall, the Suns 31 and 14. Line on this one is Suns by six at home. What do you think about this matchup? Well, speaking of the Clips breathing down the Suns' neck, let's go visit Phoenix. Uh, While they're not quite as hot as L.A. right now, the young Suns aren't showing any signs of folding under the pressure of the playoff drive. Monty Williams' team has won 11 of its last 14, and they just finished a four-game Southeastern road trip by taking three of four. They opened a three-game homestand tonight against the, the Hawks. The Suns have actually been slightly better on the road this year. They're lead best 16-6 and six away from home. 
and they're just 15 and eight at talking sticks. So they look to improve on that mark beginning tonight uh, against Atlanta. Um, you know, Atlanta's been showing some major signs of improvement themselves, but they're still not quite at the level of winning on the road. They're just 12 and 14 so far uh, away from Atlanta. And they're in the middle of a back-breaking eight-game Western road swing right now. So far, they've gone two and three, not too, too bad. But the wins have come uh, against the shorthanded Lakers, who a lot of teams are taking advantage of recently, and a sub-500 Golden State team. Against the better teams, like the Clips and Nuggets, they've lost. And the last one was against Denver on Sunday, and they fell to Jokic and company by 24 points. Um, DeAndre Hunter continues to miss time with a knee injury. He's had to sit out the last three games. They are expecting newly acquired Lou Williams to make his debut tonight. They're going to need his scoring uh, to have any chance against Phoenix's D, which ranks third right now in scoring and second in guarding the three. Just don't see uh, Atlanta having enough firepower to keep this one within the margin tonight. The Hawks come in 7-15-1 against the spread in their last 23 versus the Suns. So this has traditionally not been a very good matchup for Atlanta. And the Suns, while they do have a better straight-up record on the road, have not been shabby at home. They're 21-8 against the spread in their last 29 home games and 11-4 against the spread in their last 15 as a home favorite. Seems to be a very reasonable line of six and a half. So we are going to take Phoenix going away on this one. Suns minus six and a half. Okay. All right. I like that. Well, as I said, uh, we're not investing in teams that may be turning it around. Let's go with two teams that are playing well right now and just jockeying for some playoff positioning. So, a little mm-hmm. shift in philosophy tonight at the Dunkel Index. Of course, okay. that and the fact we only have four games to choose from, you're a, you're a little limited in your options, but I think we got two winners here. All right, yeah, definitely limited slate tonight. Um, but I see a lot of potential player props. So you want to talk about those? Let's do it, yes. Um, yeah, great call uh, again last night on Giannis. You're three in a row right now, so you are in a hot streak. Who's going to make it four in a row tonight? All right, we're not going to change our philosophy here. We're going to keep going. Uh, and actually, that doesn't mean we're going Jokic, but we are going to that game. Uh, that line seems a little funny to me. It's just Denver by five on the road. And I think if I'm the Sixers, I like that. And that kind of tells me that Ben Simmons uh, is going to be distributing. They're going to be scoring with Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. So looking at Simmons' assist total, it's at six and a half. Uh, We just took this last Thursday, and he crushed it. So I think we're going to take it again. Uh, Simmons over six and a half assists. Yeah, Simmons was uh, feeding Danny Green the other night. I don't know if we expected Danny Green to go off for 28 points, but Simmons was definitely on the delivery of a number of those buckets. Uh, I like it. We actually have the Sixers tonight uh, money line call here. So sticking our neck out on that one. Didn't put that one on the podcast, but you can go see our pick on our website. So uh, if Philly's going to have any game tonight, uh, it's obviously going to take Ben Simmons leading the charge. He's so much improved over where he was this time last year. 
Um, he can score when he needs to score, but he still, I think, is pass first. So I like it. I think um, fairly high total tonight, the, over 220. Uh, I think uh, Jokic certainly going to get his, but I like Simmons to be right there in the mix. Yeah, not taking Jokic tonight. Kind of not sure how things are still going to shake out with the Aaron Gordon uh, addition. This is just his second game with them. So Jokic's uh, points over-unders at 23.5 does seem enticing when he's going up against Dwight Howard and a bunch of much smaller guys. But, we'll yeah, we'll avoid that one tonight. <laughs> yeah, who knows how long Dwight stays in the game, right? I mean, he yes, he got ten- ejected in two straight. <laughs> he does have a tendency for getting thrown out. Uh, yeah, and he may not want to play against Jokic tonight. So I could see him getting a third Evo in a row. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on Aaron Gordon. I mean, they really looked good the other night, uh, but Jokic seems to be comfortable. Uh, Mike Simmons being a facilitator uh, as much as he, he does a score. So uh, I think it's it's good to focus uh, maybe uh, away from him on the scoring end right now and shift over to Simmons on the distribution side. So I'm with you. All right, cool. And uh, so now we've got the remaining games of the Elite Eight tonight. Yeah, so wrapping up the Elite Eight, uh, we've got two final four teams set. Let's see if we can uh, get these other two in there and get these these calls correct. So... Uh, of course, we have the uh, the favorite of everybody, I think, right now going tonight with Gonzaga and USC. So should we start with that one? Yeah, yeah. We'll look at that one first. Uh, it's number six, USC, against number one, Gonzaga. And the line right now is Gonzaga by eight and a half. So what do you think about that? Yeah, there's been no zig in the Zags B line to the national championship. That's for sure. Uh, they're now owners of a 29-0 and mark. Uh, they've got since last year, or prior to that, actually the year before, a 33-game winning streak um, and 26 consecutive double-digit wins, which is an all-time record. Um, they've won all three tournament games going away, 43 points by uh, over Norfolk State, 18 over, uh, pardon me, 16 over Oklahoma in round two, and then 18 over Creighton in the Sweet 16. That's three wins by a combined 77 points. So they're certainly not wilting under the pressure of expectations right now. Scary part about the Blue Jays win on, on Sunday was that when Drew Timmy, Corey Kispert, and Jalen Suggs, all three finalists for the Wooden Award, weren't killing you, uh, guys like Andrew Nemhard were. Uh, the Florida transfer had a season-high 17 points and eight assists in the 83-65 win. So they're like a Swiss Army knife. They can just cut you in many different ways. And as a team, the Bulldogs shot 59.6% from the field against the top-rated field goal percentage defense in the Big East. Uh, Doesn't matter what kind of D you're throwing at these guys, they're finding ways to score. And the Bulldog D also held Creighton's offense to just 40 points over the final 30 minutes. So they've reached the Elite Eight for the fourth time in six years. That's nice, but as we know, it's all about the championship or bust for the Zags at this point. USC certainly poses the biggest challenge to date. Trojans at head coach Andy Enfield has built a long and aggressive squad anchored by seven-footer Evan Mobley and his brother Isaiah in the middle. Uh, Mobley, probably a top three pick in the NBA. He's got all the tools that it takes. Um, 
kind of reminds me, I think, of a young Giannis. You know, he's very, very lean right now, so it's certainly not Giannis as we've come to know him. But if you remember Giannis when he first came into the league, he didn't look quite as chiseled as he does now. So, but Mobley can can handle the ball, seven-footer dribbles between his legs. Uh, he's got all, all the tools. Um, and they use his own defense to really shut down the Pac-12's best three-point shooting squad at Oregon in the Sweet 16. They held the Ducks to just uh, 38%, 5 of 21 from beyond the arc. And they were just as potent on the offensive end, shooting 57%, hitting 10 of 17 threes. Um, And where the Zags are ho-hum about another run to the Elite Eight, um, this is just USC's second trip in 60 years. So definitely uh, been a year to remember for the Trojans. Trojans certainly know how to play defense as they were ranked 38th in scoring and 11th in defensive field goal percentage this year, but they haven't faced an offense like Gonzaga's yet with the Bulldogs ranking tops in the nation in scoring at 92.9 points per game and tops in field goal percentage at 55.3%. And as we said, they just found a way to carve up Creighton's pretty highly regarded defense in the Sweet 16. Um, it's rarefied air for the Trojans. Uh, not sure if they're going to be up for it against uh, a team of Gonzaga's caliber. Trojans just two and five against the spread in their last seven following a win. And Gonzaga is now six and one against the spread in their last seven as a neutral site favorite. So Zags are on a mission. Uh, USC definitely poses uh, a problem, but uh, we see Gonzaga being able to weather this and cover the spread. Uh, Gonzaga minus the points here. All right. And I remember you said last time they have a tendency maybe let up a little bit at the end of game. So I like that this is below double digits here. Yes. For a team uh, that uh, is now, what is it, 26 straight wins by double digits? Um, Yeah. Like uh, a team getting single-digit spreads on that one. So... We've got Gonzaga to win by double digits on this one. Uh, so they may be able to take the pedal off the metal at the end, but I think we still get the cover. Awesome. All right. And that brings us to our final game. We've got number 11, UCLA, up against number one, Michigan. Line on this one, Michigan by six and a half. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, well, along with USC, UCLA has helped make this tournament one to remember for the Pac-12, that's for sure. After losing four straight games prior to the tournament, they've now won four straight and sit just one win away from becoming the second team uh, since VCU in 2011 to reach the Final Four after being relegated to the first four. Uh, Mick Cronin has brought a toughness to L.A., no doubt about it, from his previous stint at Cincinnati. And that came through big time in the Bruins' 88-78 win in overtime over Alabama on Sunday. That was a great game. They had to weather the emotions of seemingly letting that game slip through their fingers when Alex Reese of Alabama hit a game-time three at the buzzer. I was yelling at the uh, TV for Cronin to have one of his players foul somebody, but he didn't do it, he, and he definitely shouldered the blame for that afterward. But his players bailed him out, which shows just how tough these Bruins are. I don't think they're your typical California team, that's for sure. 
Uh, they weren't unnerved at all about having the game tied and, and forced into overtime. They scored the, scored the first five points in the OT, and they cruised from there. And that's the second OT win for UCLA in the tournament. Of course, the first came way back at the first four game against Michigan State. So these Bruins are definitely tough, and that sets up a matchup tonight. They're going to need to be against Michigan, who the Bruins have beaten three in the previous four times. These um, programs have faced each other in the in the uh, NCAA tournament, including the 1965 championship when they beat uh, Michigan. That was um, John Wooden's team. Gail Goodrich had a huge night that night, and they beat Cassie Russell's Michigan team. And I put that out there of note because you know where that game was played, Ben? Uh, no, where? Portland, Oregon. Huh. Can you imagine hosting a Final Four out there? That would be pretty cool, I, that, I wish. That Not would this be year, cool. but another year. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, the Wolverines were thought to be vulnerable coming into this tournament without the senior leadership of Isaiah Livers. Uh, who's missing the tourney because of a stretch, stress fracture in his foot. But Jawan Howard squad has really adapted well to li- life without livers. Uh, and they look to be getting stronger right now following their 76-58 dismantling of FSU in the Sweet 16. Sorry about that, Ben. I didn't want to bring that up. But this game forced me to, um, you know, against the Seminole size, which definitely looked to be – Florida State's strength, the Wolverines owned the paint. They outscored FSU 50 to 28, held the Knowles to just 21 first half points, forced 14 turnovers, and kept FSU uh, under 60 points for the first time this season. It's going to be a nail biter, I think. Uh, You know, Michigan, we've got straight up, but uh, UCLA team has just proven resilient too many times, somewhat like Oregon State last night uh, to just lay the points on this one. They've met every challenge and hang in there against the odds. And they come in 18-7-1 against their spread in the last 26 games following a win and 4-1 against the spread in the last five as a tournament underdog. So we're going to bank on Mick Cronin's toughness uh, to keep UCLA in this game. We are certainly not calling for the upset here. Again, this looks uh, more like uh, the Oregon State-Houston game from last night. We're going to take the Bruins to at least keep this game close and interesting. UCLA plus the points. Okay. And uh, if it goes that way, it'll be all ones and uh, a two in the final four. So really not uh, that interesting. Yeah, not that interesting in the end. Uh, you know, I've been thinking all along it was probably a Gonzaga-Baylor Final, and that certainly looks to be uh, where it's headed. Uh, those were clearly the two best teams, and you know, typical of a lot of tournaments, there's there's a lot of uh, upsets early, um, a lot of the underbrush. But once the underbrush gets cleared away, you usually have uh, what's close to the best teams at the top. So certainly, uh, that seems to be the case if Gonzaga can win tonight um, and Baylor winning last night. Uh, again, those two teams uh, from the get-go have been the best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be the uh, last game of March. Uh, next games will be on Saturday uh, for the Final Four. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of a break, so we'll focus on the NBA. And, of course, 
We've got first pitch of uh, Major League Baseball on Thursday, April Fool's Day. I hope that doesn't bode ill for the Major League season. Um, so, yeah, we will, uh, of course, be covering the baseball season from start to finish. Uh, so you'll have to check out dunkelindex.com for all our MLB picks, just waiting for the Vegas numbers to get uh, produced, and then we'll get those picks up. Uh, we've got a full slate of NHL tonight. Uh, of course, you can get all of our NBA picks there as well. So come to dunkelindex.com for your free sports picks. All right. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. That's going to be it for us today. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Awesome, Ben. Thank you. All right. See ya. Clarkson last night, I didn't look. Uh, no, we did not. He, came up short. he only played like 19 minutes for some reason, even though so it was re- a blowout. Well, he's such a valuable piece that they may yeah. have even re- been resting him, right? So, yeah, I think Bogdanovich was the only one who went over. He was at like 12 and a half. Hold on. No, no, Bogdanovich only had three points. Conley had 18. Mitchell had 19. Conley's was like 15, I think. And Gobert had... um, Oh, the rebounds. Yeah, Gobert rebounds was huge, 17. Oh, 17, yeah. I think his, his line was like 11 or 12. Oh, that would have been a good call because, yeah. Jared Allen was out. Yeah, Isaiah Hartenstein was was the starting center last night. So, yeah, not surprising. Actually, he had 14 boards. So he did did his fair share. Um, Sexton only had 20 points. Garland, 18. Yeah, boy, Utah, talk about that. That was a double-digit line. They just mowed him down. Mm Mm-hmm. No let up from those guys right now. No, they've been the lines have been high and they've still been crushing it. God, they got Elias Sova on there now. I didn't know they picked him up. Huh. Hmm. George Niang nine. Ingles had seven. Yeah, very. Yeah, they just. Um, it was too much of a blowout. <laughs> I don't even think we thought. Right, what they went by thirty nine. So yeah. yeah, everybody got to rest last night. Yeah, that was about twice as bad as I think anybody would have predicted. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, good one. Um, we got a bigger NBA schedule tomorrow. Let's see what uh, biggies are tomorrow. Um, uh, Lakers, uh, Bucks. With Toronto, what's up with Toronto? I can't. Jeez. Oh yeah, I called it Detroit rare win. You did. Glad we stayed away from that. I didn't have I, the West Coast games. I did better on. I, I probably should have done the Clips game. Um, that would have been a nice call for the podcast. 
Uh, Phoenix has got the Bulls. Minnesota and the Knicks. I was surprised Randall played last night, mm-hmm. and the Knicks still got blown out by Miami, who hasn't been blowing anybody out. I was like, yep. ah. I know. I got excited when I saw Randall was playing, and then five minutes later, it was like not even close. Yeah, and then you know Brooklyn led up down the stretch. They didn't cover against Minnesota. I did watch some of that. Uh, Anthony Edwards is pretty good. He is. He is. Yeah, we should do a prop on him one of these days. Yeah, I think he's been kind of up and down, but yeah, maybe. Well, they play the Knicks tomorrow. That's going to be yeah. a defense, a tough defense to go up against. I don't know That's if the true. Knicks are the team to do it, but um, yeah, yeah, I think three last night. I think his prop is usually around fifteen. Um, so yeah, next time they play kind of a mediocre or a high-scoring game, we could go with them. Yeah. Um, all right, that sounds good. All right, I'll I'll let you know uh, what time it looks like um, uh, odds are up. Yeah, they're definitely not up for tomorrow's games yet. So I'll let you know when it looks like they're up, and we can maybe plan around that for later in the week. Cool. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. See See ya. ya.